Who's going to heaven and who's not is the subject that we're going to talk about for just a little while today. Who's going to heaven and who's not? Evidently, there's a lot of people going to heaven that a lot of other people didn't think they're going to see there. Because you're saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any should boast. Thief on the cross got to go to heaven. It wasn't up there at that time. It was in a place called paradise. And he said, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. I can't come down and join the first church. I can't uh, learn a whole bunch of scripture. I can't undo a lot of things I've done. And I can't do a lot of things I wish I could do. But there's one thing I can and I'm going to do. I recognize you as the Messiah. And therefore, the, it's amazing that he saw what the apostles still didn't get yet. To see him impaled upon that cross. And yet here's a man saying, you can save me. Not the way the thief on the other side thought. For the thief on the other side literally said, if you're the son of God, come down from the cross and save yourself and save us. It's not the first time someone told Jesus to think of himself. Uh, the, the first time was not through someone uh, concerned about his self on the cross, but Simon Peter, who said, Lord, when he said, I must be given into the hands of men to do whatever they want to do. They knew what would happen if he was given over to them that hated him and wanted him dead. And, and Peter said, Lord, literally translated, think of yourself. Think of yourself is the way it would be translated in the Greek. Be it far from thee in the King James. Literally, think of yourself. It's a song written said, when he was on the cross, we were on his mind. And I'm so glad Jesus was thinking of you and I and our need for a Savior and not thinking of himself. Amen. So this unselfish Jesus, this selfless Christ has made a way for every person on this planet to be saved. When John saw him, I, I'll go on record as saying, I do not believe in election. Election would mean that God wants someone damned, and they are destined for damnation or salvation from the date of their birth. If you believe that, you're certainly in the wrong church. You've got the wrong preacher. Amen. The Bible said that John said he was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and the scripture is very clear whosoever will let him come and drink of the river of life freely predestination is not truly biblical and so we stay away from it i believe that every person has the opportunity to be saved it's not his will the scripture said that any perish if you buy into predestination, he's willed from the foundation of the earth who's going to be saved. He doesn't will that any perish, but that all have eternal life. And that's what gives me encouragement when I preach that good news. Because I know heaven is backing me up. The Holy Spirit is very active when we declare the good news of Jesus. Can you say amen? But here's, here's the thing. Some people think it's so simple, and it is in a way. You're either saved or lost. He that believeth on me shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. There it is. Amen. You believe on Christ. And believing on Christ is not just a faith issue. It involves more than that. You have to repent to receive Jesus. Sins unconfessed can't be forgiven. 
So believing on Christ as your Savior means you must repent of your sin. That's not a work to earn anything. It's a change of your mind. And a willingness to have God change your life and your destiny. Can you say amen? Repent in the military would be to about face. And that's a 180 degree turn. You're going one way. You're standing. They say about face. You spin. Well, you usually click your heels and spin around 180 degrees. A half of a circle. You have just turned from one direction to the other. It's not just crying alligator tears. You know, down at the altar. And going right back into the same old sinful situation and sinful practices. It's taking a new road. Going in a new direction. It's not something that you can do in and of yourself. But the moment you change your mind about your sin and repent of it. Amen. And invite Christ into your heart and life. Jesus doesn't come in by himself. The Father comes in. And here's something you will probably disagree with initially until I explain it to you. Holy Spirit comes in when you get saved. You're not baptized. Because if any man have not the Spirit of Christ... He's none of His. And by the way, Jesus can't be manifest in you without the Holy Spirit doing that. That's why the Bible said when He comes, He won't speak of Himself. He'll testify of me. And His Spirit will bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. So don't get the idea that everybody has to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Somebody put it this way. I like it. I like it because he said if any he said when 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 you get saved you get the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. He comes to live and abide within you. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus live in you. Amen. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues is not what saves you. You have to be saved for that to happen, but that's not salvation. Amen. Salvation is repenting of your sin. It's the shed blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So when you get saved, you do have the Holy Spirit. Well, they don't. And, and I'll tell you how crazy people get. When I went on radio uh, some years ago, first uh, in Tampa, wasn't the first time. We used to be on WINQ and between Sefner and Dover, uh, 50,000 watt station. Brother Spain was on that station. We ended up uh, there for a while, and then we went to a, about a 10,000 watt station, WSOL, half a day Spanish, half a day gospel programming. Uh, the uh, station manager used to attend our church services, used to play the piano and sing with a singing group. Uh, my dad had known her for years, and she'd known us for years in our ministry. And, uh, and someone asked her, uh, does Brother Venable have the Holy Ghost? And she said, I assume I've been to his church. And if anybody's got the Holy Ghost, Brother Venable has the Holy Ghost. She said, well, I've never heard him speak in tongues. Well, what she didn't understand was I didn't get on the radio to talk in tongues. For if any man speak in an unknown tongue, nobody understands what he's saying. Unless there's an interpretation. I got over the radio to preach the gospel. It was called the Send the Light broadcast at that time. But no, Send the Light was W-I-N-Q. Foundations for Faith was the next station, W-S-O-L. But they had already prejudged me as not being in the spiritual elite, uh, not being Pentecostal enough. Uh, 
because I didn't stop in the middle of preaching the gospel to talk another tongue. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot more than tongues to being filled with the Spirit. Tongues are an important part of it, but if we're only using talking in tongues and not the power to live a victorious life and overcome. Amen? By the way, I've had some people that speak in tongues. The Bible said if we have not love what we were manifesting a while ago, tongues itself is legitimate as the gift. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than any of you. But if somebody comes in the congregation unlearned, I'd rather speak five words of wisdom so that they could understand how to be saved, how to come to Christ, what this is all about, than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. In other words, we're not just trying to edify ourselves or prove to other people how spiritual we are. Amen. That's not what the gift is for. Amen. We don't always know how to pray as we ought. So we're told to give way to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And let Him pray through us. And that's one of the use of tongues. Sometimes we can't find words to praise Him with that are adequate. We feel something in our heart that is beyond our intellectual capability, our verbal capability of expressing. And when you feel that, Holy Spirit says, I know how to do it. I know exactly what to say. Hallelujah. He'll do it. Praise God. Amen. I, when I pray for people individually in the congregation, and uh, I, I remember Sister Willie. I call her Sister Willie in love. Amen. <laughs> we love you, Nisi. We love you. Mar- I mean, we love you, Margaret. Margaret Glover. We love you, Margaret Gother, Sister Willie, a.k.a. Sister Willie. Hallelujah. <laughs> Willie's so much easier to remember. Amen. I remember she went through a surgical something, and uh, we found out about it. Say, you know, we didn't know we would have prayed for you. Somebody said somebody we would have prayed for you. She said, well, my pastor's praying for me, even if, even if I didn't tell him. Because I had said that when I walk and talk, When I go walking and talking to God, I try to bring every person in the congregation. And sometimes it's just a quick prayer for blessing. Other times, when I bring you to intercede for, it's like the Holy Spirit says, I want you to pray more than just for the blessings on the household, the blessings on the person. There's something else you need to pray about. And then you don't tell me. And so I began to pray in the Spirit. And I remember a guy coming at me on a bicycle, and I'm walking down a sidewalk. I had this one area I used to walk, and I'm walking down the sidewalk, and I was praying in tongues when he passed by. You know, I thought he was going to wreck his bicycle. Amen. (laughs) Because, amen, I was lost, kind of lost in the Spirit, and I was just, you know, letting it flow out of your belly. shall flow rivers of living water coming up and coming out and but when the lord would tell me to pause and and give way to the spirit paul said i'll pray with my understanding when god shows me what to pray for i'll pray for that specific thing but i'll also pray with the spirit amen i'll sing with my understanding but i'll also sing with the spirit praise god building yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the holy ghost So we we need to understand some things. Number one is, 
you have to get the Holy Spirit, not baptized in the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Spirit has to come in when you get saved for you to be saved. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open, well, that's Jesus. Well, Jesus, when Jesus comes in, everybody say the whole enchilada. You can't get Jesus coming in without God coming in. That's what they said to him. How are you going to manifest yourself to us, be exclusive to us as your apostles, and not to the world in this big crowd, elbowing us out so they can touch you? And he said, if any man keep our, my commandments, I and my Father will come to him, and we will make our abode with him. Amen. They didn't see it yet. They didn't get it yet. But he was going to be so close, nobody can elbow you out of the way. Amen. If you really want to seek God, nobody's going to be able to elbow you out of the way. Because when you get saved, he comes in. That's how he keeps his promise, to be with you. Because he comes within you. And he said, I and my Father will come in and we will make our abode. That means we're going to move in. We're not coming to visit you on Sunday morning and give you a liver liver shiver. We're coming to abide. We're coming to move in. Praise God. Remember the footprints? I wish I had come up with footprints and had a patent on it. You've seen all the plaques and all the things. You know the story of the footprint thing? Lord, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. But I was walking along the beach and I felt so forsaken. Felt like God was, heaven was brass and God had abandoned me. And I looked down and sure enough, I only saw one set of footprints. I knew it. I knew you wasn't with me. How could you break your promise to me like that? I couldn't feel you. I couldn't find you. So I knew you wasn't with me. Because look, I'm walking on the beach and there's only one set of footprints. I'm here abandoned and on my own. And then the Lord talks to him and said, you know why there's only one set of footprints? Because I'm carrying you. (laughs) Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. I'm carrying you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you all the way. He keeps that promise by coming to live within you, not just stand beside you. Oh, this is much better than what they had in the Old Covenant and the Old Testament. He could come upon everybody, but He couldn't come within anybody. But in the New Covenant allows for the blood to make you so clean. Sin could be forgiven, but it couldn't be remitted. There's a difference in forgiveness and remission. Forgiveness means <laughs> you're forgiven, but the sin is still still there. Remittance means not only are you forgiven, there's no stain of sin left. So you do get the Holy Ghost when you get saved. Not the Pentecostal tongue-talking, shouting Holy Ghost. But you do have the Holy Spirit come within you. That's why there's so many people that don't talk in tongues living a victorious life. And I know some people that talk in tongues that are not living a victorious life. So when you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit has you. And there's a big difference in you having the Spirit and the Spirit having you.
And that's why the word baptize is the word for whelm. I took my daddy to the ocean. He hadn't been in a swimming pool in years. and he was, he was in his 80s. I took him to the ocean. And it was my joy to watch him uh, on, on, in, in, on the east coast in the ocean, walking out in that water on a warm day, walking out to waist deep. And I told him, Daddy, don't go no further. Because <laughs> this is not Tampa Bay. That's where he used to hang out, Tampa Bay. He wasn't a beach person. Don't go, don't go chest deep, you know, just to go out there. And it wasn't because shark or jellyfish. It was because when that wave comes in, if you're over, if you're, this is the ocean. And when the wind is really blowing, that wave's going to come in, and it's going to come right over top of you, take you right up off your feet. And that's what it means to baptize, to whelm. W-H-E-L-M. It means that you're completely engulfed. Praise God. Amen. And God is looking for vessels to engulf. God is looking for people so surrendered that He can fill them. Everywhere in your Bible that it says, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And Stephen, a man full of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere it says filled or full. We speak of just being baptized. We think baptized speaking in tongues. That's not what the Bible is teaching about the Holy Ghost. Listen to me carefully. Amen. It means to be filled with and controlled by. Say that with me again. Filled with and controlled by. Now just getting the gift of tongues doesn't mean you're controlled by the Holy Ghost. Jesus said with one tongue, with your tongue you bless God. And with the same tongue, you curse men who God has created, who Christ died for. And he said, this is not correct. Bitter and sweet water does not flow from the same fountain. Can you say amen? So we have to be cautioned, don't we? Let me tell you something about the tongue. The tongue is connected to the heart and to the mind. The abundance of the heart or the mind, the tongue speaketh. So whenever you open your mouth, you let men look into your heart. Amen? I said whenever you speak, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And the tongue is an unruly evil. Set on, listen, it's part of the old fallen nature, your mind until it's renewed, which controls the tongue. By the way, if they pull your brain out, you won't be saying nothing. Amen. Guarantee you. If they remove your brain, you, you won't be talking funny. You know, like, duh, duh. You won't be saying nothing. Your tongue doesn't think. So when it's talking about the tongue, it's talking about the unrenewed mind. And you know you can become a Christian and have that old mindset. And believe me, tongues are not always sanctified. Just because someone has spoken another tongue. It's not just being filled with, it's being controlled by the Holy Spirit. By the way, the reason tongues are the evidence of being filled with the Spirit 
is because the tongue without the Holy Spirit taking over and being yielded to is an unruly evil set on fire of hell. The old fallen nature. Who can tame it? Nobody. Nobody. You can't just force yourself without the Holy Spirit helping you and without the Word of God getting so into you that you start to say something contrary to the principles in God's Word and you just stop right there. And say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, I need your help not to be negative this week. I need your help not to speak words of fear and doubt instead of words of faith and hope. Amen. Because by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Every word that a man speaks he shall give an account of, and the day of judgment. I want to be cautioned here today. Amen. The Bible said the tongue is like a rudder. On a ship, great ships, regardless of the size, are turned into a direction by a very small part of that ship called the rudder. It doesn't take a rudder big as the ship to turn the ship. A little rudder can turn a big ship. And I will submit to you, since a ship can be turned by the rudder, and the tongue is the rudder of our life, then wherever your ship is pulling into, it didn't just get there. A rudder was set. A rudder was set. If you're discouraged this morning, think about what you've been talking all week long. Amen? Did you know you can't even get saved without getting all of this right? With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. You ain't done. Can't put a fork in you. You're not done. Can you say amen? Well, this is just a matter of the heart. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it is not. No, it is not. If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father and His angels. But if you're ashamed of me before men... Religion is highly private. I don't want nobody to know I'm a Christian. I'll be persecuted if they find out. I'm going to try to blend in. No, darling, you can't blend in. You ain't no chameleon. Can you say, man? Put him on green, what's he do? He turns green. Put him on brown, he turns brown. Put him on plaid, he loses his mind. Can you say, man? He just can't handle it. Just can't handle it. Amen. God wants you to be what you are. Glory. Quit fronting. Hallelujah. Amen. If you confess me before men, don't. Oh, well, they, they'll think I'm a goody two-shoes. Amen. Well, i got two shoes and I'm trying to be good. I'm not ashamed of that. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. If you confess me before men. Hallelujah, I'll confess you before my Father and His angels. But if you deny me, I will deny you. Can you you're, it's not complete with this private kind of religious thing. 
You have to get out of the closet. Everybody's coming out. And everybody by the world is being applauded for coming out. So it's time for the Christians to come out. Quit trying to blend. Quit trying to blend. If you were of the world, Jesus said if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But you are not of the world. Marvel not if the world hates you. It hated me before it hated you. Can you say man? He said when you really need to worry is when all men speak well of you. Amen. Sinners that are convicted by the fact that you're a follower of Jesus, when they can, when they can, uh, they can just talk good about you all the time and say, Oh, what a wonderful Christian. I just love to be around him or her. He said, You better, you better do an inventory. All those that live godly shall suffer persecution. Absolutely no doubt about it. But it identifies you with him. And that should be a badge of honor, not something to ever draw back from. We need to be unabashedly, unashamedly Christian. Deal with it. Hallelujah. They'll have to deal with it. We don't need to get on a soapbox. Just follow Jesus. Just live with a different value system. When I was bivocational, I could have got promotions that would have given me a whole lot more money. Uh, something like twelve thousand more dollars a year. Now twelve thousand more a year to my budget would really make a difference. That's another thousand a month. I could live in a bigger, better home. I could live in a better neighborhood. I could drive a better automobile. I could take a trip. I could take my wife to well, she don't want to go to Paris. I could take her to Paris, Texas. There is a Paris, Texas. Amen. Where y'all going? I'm going to Paris. <laughs> Go through Mississippi, Louisiana. <laughs> Go to Texas and turn north. Amen. Somewhere up in there, there's Paris, right? Am I right? All right, just check it. There's London, Kentucky. Where y'all going on vacation? Going back where we come from. London. Kentucky. I turned it down so I could continue to preach on Sunday, be here every Sunday. You were here, some of you, when I had to leave as soon as I was through and rushed to work, put on a uniform, and pull an eight hour shift. But I showed up, was able to do that. Some people went into surgery. Sister Sigelski, remember her? I was working at the time, bivocational. She went into surgery. Amen. Because I went in at 2 until 10.30, I was able to be there when she went into surgery. When she went into surgery, we had prayer together. We prayed there wouldn't be a tumor. But there was a tumor. But there was a miracle that was wrought that the doctor was taken back. Because when they took out the tumor, the surgeon who was good at taking out tumors said, I have never seen a tumor this big in, the, in my history. Amen. Never seen a tumor this big. And the second miracle was, number one, it was so big that it had not spread. It hadn't went anywhere. It grew that long and that strong and that big and was totally contained. And they got all of it. And, and normally it is, it is it, it, the follow-up is to have 
chemotherapy because if it has went somewhere else, you want to get all the cells. Well, it, it was so encapsulated and complete that she didn't have to have follow-up chemotherapy. A perfect surgery, uh, removing a tumor that should have caused more cancer to spread to other places but didn't. It wasn't in the lymph nodes. It wasn't anywhere else. And, and she was just, and the doctor said, I, I, this is unbelievable. Hallelujah. But I was able to be there. Listen, listen, the Lord is so very good. Let's talk about Him just for a minute. When He comes in, He comes in. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Father comes in. The Son comes in. The Holy Spirit comes in. But when you yield yourself and surrender to His Lordship and His will, and you deny yourself, then He's able to start taking control because you're giving Him control. Amen. And so the first evidence of the baptism before the life changing so radically is tongues. The rudder. He's got the rudder. He's got the rudder. He knows where God's wi- He knows where God wants your vessel to go. We don't always know how to pray as we ought. How many will concede we just don't we're just not that sensitive and that close? Sometimes I get so cluttered, I have to just say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to talk to me. i got to unclutter. I know I couldn't hear you if you said anything. Amen. I just need to get all my worries given to you, all my concerns, all my discouragements, all my distractions. i tell you, that's a busload right there. Can you say, man, that's a truckload. That's a semi-tractor trailer load. Amen. What about who? Why not a train? Old Tropicana train <laughs> with about 80 cars. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Seriously. We don't always know how to pray as we ought. Sometimes we think we do. But the Holy Spirit knows the will of God. And when we yield to Him and surrender to Him, He prays according to the will of God. So I, I believe there needs to be a lot more praying like that. Because if we ask anything according to His will, we know He hears us. And if we know He hears us, we know we have the petition that we've desired. Why would God reveal His will, have the Holy Spirit in you, pray His will, and then not do His will? He would contradict Himself. So discovering the will of God is one thing the devil doesn't want us to do. But he did say getting the word in you will also help you do that. John 15 said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll ask what you will. Not because you will something, it's because you know what the word says about it. And you will ask in accordance with the word. You will find it in the word of God and pray it according to the word of God. Hallelujah. And you'll have what you say. Because He hears you when you pray in His will. Anything according to His will, He heareth you. And if you know that He hears you, you know that you have the petition. That's know that I know that I know. And that's especially for Nick Cristela because he got a hold of that. Amen. And it got a hold of him. I know that I know that I know. Vep Ellis. Got a call 
and you remember him. He used to pastor right down from us in Sulphur Springs. Amen. He wrote a lot of gospel songs. He was a great gospel singer and preacher of days gone by, Brother Vep Ellis. He was holding an evangelistic meeting in Hawaii, and he got a call that his son had been rushed to the hospital. He had been diagnosed with a brain tumor, and that was the reason for what he thought was just migraines, but it was a tumor pressing on his brain. It was very large, and it was they, they really... They didn't call it inoperable, but they said that he may not survive the surgery to try to remove it, especially if the roots of it had got deeper, deeper in. And they called him to come home. Your son is in critical condition in the hospital, scheduled for surgery for a brain tumor. And Vepella said it was like somebody just poured cold water all over him. Said he actually became weak in his physical body. He felt like falling to his knees. He was holding the phone. And he said he put down the phone. And the Lord just moved upon him. See, when you're in crisis, be careful. Because that's when the tongue wants to go where the fear and the panic is. That's when the mind goes there. But if we can hold that rudder steady, God dropped His will into His heart and said, I want your son to live. And He said, "He said, pray for your son to live right now and not die. And He said, I knew it was the will of God. And He said, a calmness and a peace came all over me. He said, I can't explain it except by this. I know that I know, that I know. That's that scripture. If we ask anything according to His will. Come on, it doesn't matter what the doctor's prognosis is. When God has a will in the matter, and we pray that will. Hallelujah. Because the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Hallelujah. One preacher was having had a heart attack, was in the hospital. And he said, I, 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 I preached these things all my life, but now it was happening to me. And he said, I thought, Lord, I, I, I'm just afraid my heart is going to quit at any minute. My heart is going to... And I, he realized that he was in that fear-bound situation. So he said, I couldn't pray in the faith that I knew I needed to pray in, so I just began to pray in other tongues. I gave way to the Holy Spirit. And his daughter was out in the hall getting ready to come in, and the nurse said, what nationality is your father? What country are you all from originally? He said, whatever country you're from, he sounds like he's speaking the language fluently, but... I can't tell if it's Spanish, Portuguese, French. <laughs> you know, when you talk in other tongues a lot, you might say, pardon my French. Can you say amen? They thought he, he was from another. Come on, Matthew. You know where I'm going with this. There's another kind of French, and we don't even see that's that whole tongue thing again. Yep. And he said when he began to pray in other tongues, he said peace came over him and the Lord spoke to him and said, your life 
is in my hands. This is what he heard God say when he prayed in other tongues. Your life is in my hands. Your time on this earth is in my control. And he said, but Lord, see, you begin to argue in your mind with all of that because you're having these symptoms and you know your heart quits, you're gone. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, and said, if I want you to live, I don't even need your heart to beat. So if it quits beating and I want you to live, you're going to live anyway. And he said, well, in that case, there's no need me worrying. He said, you he didn't say you got it. I'm just going to add live a little here. You're getting it. You're finally getting it. If you're really giving it to me, amen, you can't be thinking about all these other things. You've got to focus on me. Hallelujah. And God did let him live. When Vep Ellis got home, he said, I went, I got on that airliner, not in panic, but in peace. He traveled the Atlantic hours he got off the airliner, went straight to the hospital, went down the hall in the ICU and the surgical ward on one side, the ICU on the other, knowing that they may be in surgery at the moment. He didn't know what to, to expect except what he expected when he prayed. I know that I know that I know that my son is going to live. He said when he started down the hall, jet lag, should have been tore all up. He said, I didn't even plead with God. I had, there was a no, knowing that came inside. He said, I wasn't pleading all the way home. I'd pled my case and God told me He's going to live, so I accepted it by faith. I know that I know that I know. And said, two doctors, one of them, was a friend of his and one was the surgeon that was to do the surgery. They met him in the hall and they had long faces. And they said, Vip, you know we would not have called you in Hawaii unless it was important, unless it was crucial that you come home and be here. He said, we're so sorry. And oh boy, he said, here they go. To tell you that when we took the final x-rays, to know exactly where the tumor was, where to go in and try to deal with it. Vep, now you know us and you know we wouldn't alert you for something like this. We, we wouldn't do this. He said we couldn't find any evidence of it in the x-ray. And he said, that's perfectly all right. He said, I didn't know what God was going to do. I didn't know how He was going to do it. But when I left Hawaii, I knew that I knew that I knew that my son is going to live and not die. Oh, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. When He can talk through you and then He can talk to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. For the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, whelmed, you can see that wave just being whelmed, covered, filled with and controlled by. What is the first part of you? When God gets your mind, you get renewed in the spirit of your mind, you get yielded to the Lordship of Jesus, the first evidence of the Holy Ghost was speaking in another 
tongue. But it didn't stop with those foreign languages. It didn't stop with a heavenly language. Howbeit, when a man speaking and see, there's an argument, and I don't have time to teach it all. But there was an argument that it was it was all it was either French or Portuguese or German or or some other. You know, it had to be in a known tongue that they didn't know. Well, it was for a sign on the day of Pentecost. But the Bible said, Howbeit, when a man speaketh in an unknown tongue, he doesn't speak to men of any language. He speaks to God. Some believe that whatever they spoke in the garden before the fall, when God and man had nothing between them, when they were in perfect fellowship with one another. Hallelujah. Whatever they spoke is available to you and me today. Hallelujah. That we can talk to God in a full-blown, reconciled relationship just like Adam had before the fall. Mouth to mouth. Praise God. When a man speaks that way by the Holy Spirit, he doesn't speak to men at all. Hallelujah. Howbeit no man understandeth him. Hallelujah. They said on the day of Pentecost, we all hear them speak in our own language. He said there's another manifestation of tongues, and it ain't about what people hearing their own language. It's not a sign to the unbeliever. It is a sign to the believer that you are so reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus that you can talk to him mouth to mouth. Hadamarosha, Sandadabasitia, Ekalabaru, Hallelujah. And you get in the habit of talking to God, you'll start hearing God talking to you after a while. Can you say amen? It'll get rid of the clutter. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. So you see the difference in having the Holy Ghost and being baptized in the Holy Ghost so that He has you. Filled with, controlled by, the tongue is a rudder, like the rudder on a ship. It's one of the smallest parts of the ship, and yet the whole ship is turned. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For when you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and his angels. What you bind on earth, I bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Carefully as we close. It's so important. It's so vitally important. Hold fast your confession of faith without wavering. Without wavering. For he is faithful that promised can you say man hallelujah hallelujah for as a man thinketh in his heart literally that's used for the mind there so is he i got to give you this principle before we go home your enemy sees you as you see yourself he listens to what you say. He's not omniscient. He's not all-knowing. He's a fallen angel. He has limitations. He don't know what you're thinking. He'll try to influence your thinking. But I'll tell you when he does know what you're thinking, when he hears you talking. 
You don't have to be someone from the spirit world to know what somebody's thinking when you hear them talking. There's something I call stinking thinking. Amen. When everything that comes out of our mouth is negative. I've tried to talk to people into receiving by faith. And I get a comeback. A comeback. It's just like, and after a while I feel like I'm arguing with the enemy himself. I'm trying to get somebody to just believe. Somebody to just receive. It's not enough to just believe. You've got to receive. You've got to believe to receive, but you can't just believe in your head and, and not, not in your heart. It's, 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 they have to be united. You have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There are some people who are melancholy. You need to be renewed so you can have some joy. Some people are melancholy. How you feeling today? I don't know. I, I, it's pretty cloudy, isn't it? I don't see a cloud in the sky. See, there's... I mean, it's hard to deal with just negativism. Everything is wrong. You know, there was some guy in the funny papers. I got to go with you. you. We go way back. He give me funnies all the time and I need them. Mary Hart does good like a medicine. But there was some guy on Little Abner, and everywhere he went, something Sam, I think. Anyway, there was a cloud, a dark, and listen, depression, while we're having a little fun here, depression is a serious, serious problem. And it isn't just the world that gets depressed, so do Christians. And it'll take you into what David called a horrible pit. When he was in despair, God hath delivered me from the horrible pit. Nobody knows the horrible pit like someone that's had clinical depression. That deep, deep despair. That lack of hope. That lack of light. Till darkness seems to engulf the life. Amen. But this guy walked around with a cloud over his head all the time. Everywhere he went, the storm followed him. Amen. And, <laughs> It doesn't really matter about his name. But anyway, it was. You had to go way back down the archives to little Abner. You had to get back in the 50s. Amen. But there are Christians, and if you could see what follows them home from church, we need the rain, don't get me wrong. <laughs> we sure enough need the rain. But we don't need. That old blackness, that old darkness, that old negativity, amen, that says something bad's going to happen, I just know it. Remember that song? I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. Well, there's other people that sing, I just know that something bad is going to happen. Oh, Lord, I just know that something bad is on its way. Oh, look at the light at the end of the tunnel. Lord, have mercy. It's a freight train. <laughs> Amen. You can't win with someone in that spiritual mindset. And they can treat it chemically with an antidepressant. But the greatest antidepressant in the world is the promises of God and the person of the Holy Ghost in your life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 David said, He hath delivered me from the miry clay. 
I couldn't get out, but I didn't need to get up because He took me out. Praise God. Chemicals treat the symptom. God goes to the source. The axe is always laid to the root. God's fire department doesn't spray water on sparks. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Puts out the fire. The bad fire. Reignites the good fire. There is victory in Jesus. I will never concede anything else. I will never preach anything else. I will never proclaim anything else. And bless God by the help and grace of God, I will never model to you anything else. Hallelujah. I will get down, but I will get up and... Because He will lift me up. Not in my strength, but in His grace, His love, His energy, His power. Hallelujah. I don't want to just talk the talk. I want to walk the walk. Somebody needs to know God is still on the throne. Somebody needs to know He still saves. He still heals. He still delivers. He still sets free. This is not ancient history. Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord God of Israel who changes not. Whatever He was, He is. And He always will be. For in Him there is no variableness. Not even a shadow of turning. When I hear people apologizing for Him, explaining away why He doesn't heal today, doesn't help today, why we see no miracles today, why it's very clear to me, as your faith be, so be it unto you. Can you say amen? As your faith be, but if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. When you know that you know that you know, <laughs> you don't need to know anything else. That's all you need to know. Hallelujah. 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 Thank God for men of God like Bep Ellis. Hallelujah. That took God at his word. Praise God. Amen. Cause fear to back off. Someone said one time, fear knocked on the door. I sent faith to answer it. And faith said, ain't nobody there. Go on back to sleep. Go on and enjoy your milkshake. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe we need more praising than pleading. You can only plead so much until you're acting like God isn't listening. I'm not talking about cutting your prayer life short. Bep Ellis could have cried and squalled and bawled and no one would have blamed him all the way up Hawaii. But when you get to know that I know in your heart, you just want to praise and thank God. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know when it's going to happen. But this one thing I know... I know he heard me when I prayed for my son, and he assured me that he had this thing under control. Hallelujah. 
the best place to be in a crisis is in a place where your faith can receive that peace in your heart. When I get the peace, I know I've got the answer. In th- this, this was non- non-Pentecostal in Dallas Theological Seminary. Baptist Seminary, all the way. But you see, faith is not unique to tongue-talking people. We, have, we, could, we could build ourselves up more because of the gift of tongues. But faith can be manifest by any child of God. And they needed money to meet the early budget. They needed $10,000 by the end of the week. So they said, we're going to go upstairs. We don't want to be disturbed. We're going to pray that God will meet the need. They went upstairs, and they began to pray. And it reminded me of when the same kind of situation came in D.L. Moody's ministry after the great Chicago fire when Moody Bible Institute burned to the ground. He began to set himself to seek the Lord. They told him, go out and you're, you're, you're well known. Go out and begin to raise funds to rebuild. He said, I'm not a fundraiser. I'm a preacher of the gospel. So he set himself to pray and seek the Lord for the answer. Oh, by the way, when he I got eight sermons here I'd love to preach, and we only got time to try to finish the one. He said when he began to pray, he said of himself, he, he locked himself away, he began to pray, and he said this, God came on him, the Spirit of the Lord came on him so strong, he said, I had to tell him, hold Hold your hand back. Hold your spirit back, lest I perish. He felt like he was overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. He didn't call it the baptism in the Holy Ghost, but something else changed. When he preached outdoor meetings, he said people would get up in a tree just like Zacchaeus to see over the crowd. And he said, I told them, the ushers, to tell them, get down, tell them, get out of the tree. Because people would just fall down while he was preaching. And he didn't want them to fall out of a tree. By the way, if you're in a highly anointed service where people are falling out, don't climb a tree. (laughs) It's just wisdom, can you say? You do not want to fall out of the tree. But this was not a Pentecostal firebrand. This was a a gospel preacher, D.L. Moody. Those Baptist boys went up in the upper room, the second floor. They got down on their knees. Oh, by the way, they did ask Moody. They said, Moody, Moody, have you got the, an- have you got the answer? He said, no. When he came out of there, he said, I've got the peace. If you've got the peace of knowing, you know the answer is going to. See, you know you have the petition. The peace of knowing you have the petition, you're not wringing your hands anymore. Isn't that incredible? You don't have to just keep wringing your hands in worry and fear and doubt and unbelief. You raise your hands in praise when that peace comes. Hallelujah. Precious. Peace that what? Passes all understanding. But you'll know it when it comes. Praise. The circumstance may not have changed. It may be seeming to get worse. But you've got the peace of knowing how God has hurt you. Praise the Lord. And so they went up and began to pray. And one of them said to the other, I don't know if it was John Wolverd, one of those founders of of Baptist Theological Seminary, 
I'm just telling you, Baptists can use their faith. It would be a shame if we Pentecostals don't. So they were praying. He quoted the scripture and he said to his secretary, I don't want no one bothering us. We're going to pray for this need to be met. He began his prayer with, Lord, you own the cattle of a thousand hills. All the earth is thine. And you own the hills. And you own the gold that is in those hills. Praying to God to meet the need. So knock on the door. <laughs> he goes to the door. It interrupted their prayer. He opens the door. And his secretaries there say, I really hate to disturb you. But when y'all began to pray, a man walked through the door. He said, He said, Is so and so here? He said, They're up there praying. They're in prayer right now. They can't be disturbed. He said, well, he said, uh, God just told me to do this. So I wanted to drop it off today. And he laid down a check for $10,000. Amen. So, 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 anyway, he turned to his brethren and said, you can stop praying now. God sold the cattle. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. There comes a point in time to just start praising Him and thanking Him and glorifying Him. Can you say amen? Oh, the devil doesn't want us to get this thing under control. Hallelujah. And say, God, You're the God of heaven and earth and nothing is too hard for Thee. Amen. The things that are impossible with men are possible with You. Amen. All you have to do is speak the Word. Hallelujah. That's all you have to do is just give the Word. Hallelujah. Mountains will move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to come under my roof. I, I don't, I'm not holy enough for you to come visiting me. I've shed blood with my sword as a centurion under Caesar. But my servant I love like a son and he's going to die. You don't have to come under my roof. I'm not worthy you should come in my house. But I'm a man under authority. And I tell men as a centurion, it meant he had 100 men under his direct authority. And when he told them to go, they went. He told them to stand, they stood. He told them to fight, they fought. He said, I'm a man under authority. Caesar has authorized me. And he said, you don't have to come to my house. See, he was a man under authority. The words I speak are not mine, but what I hear my father say, the works are not mine. I'm not doing what I've decided to do or people want me to do. I'm doing what I've seen my father do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. And you know what Jesus said? I've not found faith like this in all of Israel. That included his own close apostles. 
somebody that understood when you're under authority, you've got authority. And if you're under God's authority, you have been authorized by God Himself. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something else about that real quick. God's Word in your mouth is no, it's not your Word. When you're saying what He said, Hold fast your confession. You know what confession, profession is? It's confession. In the Greek, it's to say the same thing as another. And the other, in the case of the Christian, is God Himself. Hallelujah. 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 When you quote the Scripture verbatim, Is it any less? Is it God's word or is it your word? Did you make it up? Or is this what God said? Well, hath He not said it? And shall He not do it? Psalmist said, let all the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke and it was done. Speaking of the firmament and the world that He created, He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Wow. Right here. The rudder. Amen. Need to get your rudder out of the gutter. Can you say amen? Amen. What you've been talking, what have I been talking about? I find myself talking about what I feel like. Confessing what I feel like. Instead of what I know is true. Sense knowledge. We walk by faith and not by sight. Literally, it's beyond that. I gotta quit, but you're such a, you're eating it up. So he keeps pouring it out. I better stop right here. There's five senses of your sense knowledge. So he's talking about the whole everything's under that umbrella. Sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of sight. Sense of hearing. Is that four or five? Four. There's another one. Smell. Smell. Oh, yeah. Smell. Amen. You smell. And let me tell you something. This tells you everything you need to know to function and exist in this physical, material world. But when you get in the realm of the Spirit, none of those five senses tell you anything about God. It's not what you see. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's not what you feel. It's not what you touch. Amen. Whom having not seen, you love with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Can you say amen? We don't have time to go into that, but you've got to get out of yourself long enough to stand on what He said and speak what He said and quit depending on sense knowledge. Well, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say something I don't feel. Oh, come on. Being a hypocrite is, is going with your feelings instead of what God has said. That's what's hypocritical because you say you believe the Bible. You say you believe it's the inerrant eternal word of Almighty God. Well, if you believe that, don't be a hypocrite and let your own mind, your own thinking, and your own sense knowledge talk you out of it. Amen. Get a hold of it and it'll get a hold of you. 
Praise God. Will you stand to your feet? Did you get anything out of this today? Praise God. I did. I know I did. Hallelujah. 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 Life and death. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. It's time we speak life, not just to others, but to your own spirit. Listen to David speaking life. So, why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for he shall yet be the health of thy countenance. I will say of the Lord. Come on, the tongue's in mighty operation. I will say of the Lord. You're my rock. You're my fortress. You're my buckler. You're my shield. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to redeem. Not just say I'm redeemed, but say what He said. Hallelujah. The Lord, that psalm doesn't begin with just saying that we're redeemed. You want to hear it in context? It's the same thing that the singers said when God turned the captivity Turned Israel around to victory from defeat. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Can you say amen? And let them say it while facing an overwhelming enemy. Because Jehoshaphat singers, what did they say? What did those redeemed singers say that he brought out of Egypt and and ransomed them from Egypt's bondage, a type of our salvation? What did they say? What did they sing? It wasn't any song. Amen. It wasn't victory. Victory is mine. No. It was the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And it's when they said it by singing it that God turned every man against his against the other man and they stood there singing the truth about their God saying the truth about their God and watching their enemies de- de- defeated without even having to raise a sword in battle they got their tongue right Woo! I don't know if you heard this thing today I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Of course you're redeemed. But that's not what they were saying. The first verse of that psalm says, The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say what? Say what was just said. Hold fast your confession of faith. Say what He said. It's about time we said what He said so that He can do what He promised. Hallelujah. You abide in me. My word abides in you. Lord, have mercy. Speak the word. Let it not depart from your heart. Keep it in the midst of thine eyes. Hallelujah. If thou... 
you find the will of God, you can talk to the mountain. Not just talk to God about the mountain. Come on, the tongue gets involved in God's purposes being realized. What you bind on earth... What you loose on earth. Keys to the kingdom involve the tongue. Having authority and not using it is useless authority. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's like a two-party check. Two-party check. Anybody ever get a paycheck that's been signed by somebody authorized to give you the money? How many know if you don't endorse it? They're going to send it back down the tube. Say, you forgot to endorse it. Well, you got the signature saying it's mine. Uh, Yeah, but it ain't yours until you claim it by endorsing it. It's got to have your John Henry on it. By the way, don't put John Henry. Write your name. Can you say amen? Amen. It's a two-party thing. God has spoken in heaven. He wants us to speak in earth what he has spoke in heaven because his word is forever settled in heaven hallelujah and we're supposed to pray thy kingdom come what you will where you reign with undisputed authority we want to get it from heaven down into this old fallen world where the devil's trying to take over thy kingdom come thy will be done right down here duck it is up there hallelujah What you bind on earth, I have already bound in heaven or you couldn't bind it on earth. And what you loose on earth, I've already loosed in heaven. But it's not going to get down there and do any good until you bind and you loose. I just don't want to be seen as a victim of the devil's lies any longer. I don't want to be seen as a victim. Amen. I want to be seen and known as a victor in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Am I preaching like your other pastor? I just hadn't run the aisle yet. Well... Will you stand to your feet? Let's get ready to praise Him. Let's get ready to praise Him. Let's get ready to praise Him. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Father, we praise You. We praise You. Let's sell out to God. Let's make a decision. Many people have got excited in a service. Enthusiastic. It's kind of like New Year's. Boys sitting there full of turkey and pumpkin pie and ham and nanner pudding. So full, if they brought me a plate, I'd say, you know something? I don't think I could eat another. Have you ever been so full you couldn't? Well, maybe you haven't because you you grew up in the Hodges family. (laughs) And they know how to cook, boy. (laughs) Hallelujah. But you get so full. You can get so full in a service, and I know what has happened. I know what's going to happen right here, right now. Some people have said, I'm going to be different. Next week's going to be different. I'm going to start Monday different. You know what? We've said it before. We've failed before. And we've given up on even trying again. And I'm going to tell you, it's like the devil has his foot on the back of your neck trying to hold you down. And it's time that you rise up. 
and don't make promises you know you can't keep. But begin to be an I can Christian instead of an I can't Christian. The Apostle Paul said, there's a lot of things I can't do. But I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. If you want to talk about your weaknesses and your inabilities, you're absolutely right. But don't keep talking about all of that. Because you are not alone. You are not alone to fend for yourself. You are not alone in the battle. God doesn't expect anything out of you without Him. But when you have Him, He does expect you to trust in Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want you to say this week, I can, I can overcome this. By the help and grace of God and the strength that He gives me, I can do all things through Jesus Christ that strengtheneth me. I almost retired from ministry because I said what was happening in my heart. I said it, brother. I can't take anymore. And guess what? I couldn't. And I said, well, Lord, what's your will in the matter? He said, you know my will. Gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They said, can you stand on your two feet? Oh, yeah. Can you breathe in and out? Oh, absolutely. Can you preach if my anointing comes on you? Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> you know I can. He said, then you can do all things. You can rise up and you can go forward and you can see the best years of your preaching ministry are yet to come. And I thought they were all behind me. Hallelujah. I found myself rising from prayer instead of saying, I can't take anymore. Saying, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And, and it, it's not just like that, but there's an upward lift. There's a sense God is pulling me up, lifting me out of the miry clay, putting my feet on a rock. He don't just lift you out so you slide back in. He lifts you out to establish you. And then He puts a song in your heart. A song of praise. Hallelujah. And He said, the humble, which is the negative use of that word, which means crushed by the pressures and problems of life. When they hear what He's done for you, their ears will perk up. They'll be gladdened when someone has been in that deep, dark valley and God has brought them through. And giving them victory, that means there's hope for them. Can you say amen?